Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The acid of unforgiveness will destroy our lives. The acid of unforgiveness will destroy your life. The Tagamet, the Zantac, the Nexium is forgiveness. If I'll forgive, the acid is shut off and healing comes to my life. Holding on to grudges, not letting go of the past, refusing to forgive are all things that will tear you up inside. Today, Pastor Mark compares the effect of forgiveness in your life to that of an antacid drug. When you choose to forgive someone, it can set you free from the hatred and bitterness that is built up. Just as the one who is receiving forgiveness finds peace and relief, so does the one who gives it. How can you clean yourself up both spiritually and emotionally by repairing a broken relationship through forgiveness? We'll find out today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, The Power of Forgiveness. If I won't forgive someone else, God doesn't forgive me. Why did God do that? Because he requires forgiveness. He wants us to be like God. In fact, it's so easy for us. Colossians 3.13, you see it on the overhead, I think is a crystal clear verse. It's crystal clear what Paul writes. Make allowance for each other's faults. And here comes this word again, forgive anyone, can't limit it, who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must, not choice, not option, not when I'm ready to, you must forgive others. Simply, this is the way I remember it. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Well, how is that? When I asked God from the past to forgive me, he didn't go into all the deals. I said to him, God, I've sinned. I want to come to you. He forgives me. And he won't turn anyone away. It doesn't matter what your past is. Now that I'm a Christian, I'm over here in this land. Do I still need forgiveness? Hello? Yes. yes. Did you need it this week? Yes. That, yes. I still needed forgiveness. Did I deserve it? No, because here's what I do. I say, God, forgive me of that. He says, again? Does he? No, he doesn't. Why? Because when he forgives, he 
forgets. But I remember it again because the last time I did it, here's what I said. I won't do it again. <laughs> but I did do it again. So what do I deserve it? I do not deserve it. So I'm to forgive as I've been what? Forgiven. Whoa. That puts a different slant on it. You see, forgiven people forgive. I'm to be like God. Well, here's... Sometimes when we hear this word forgiveness, you go, Pastor Mike, I don't care. I don't like that. Sometimes the reason we don't like it is we're confused about what forgiveness is not. We think if I'm going to be forgiving, that I just let people take advantage of me forever. I'm the doormat. If I put my head, my head here in the, in the axe here, just let them pound it till I'm dead because I'm going to be like Christ. No, let me give you four things this morning quickly, and I'll go through them very quickly. What forgiveness is not. What forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not approving or minimizing the wrong. When we forgive someone, it's not because what they did wasn't wrong. Now, sometimes that can be true, but most of the time when someone's hurt us, they did do something wrong. By forgiving them, I'm not approving them I'm not approving of the wrong the person did. When Christ brought me, and let's say this week you sinned or you lied or maybe even committed adultery or whatever. When God forgives you, he isn't approving of that. It's okay, cool, just go ahead and do it again. Not at all. And so when I forgive a person, I'm not approving what they did against me. I'm not minimizing the seriousness. That's between them and God. Number two. Forgiveness is not taking the blame for the wrong. Satan knows how to torment us. He knows how to play mind games. He's a liar and he's a deceiver. Often he whispers to us, if you've been hurt, well, yeah, that person did wrong, but it's really all your fault. You're the one that caused it. You brought on the wrong. And so pretty soon, I'm taking all the guilt. Well, no. Forgiveness doesn't mean taking on the blame for the wrong someone else did to you. Don't listen to Satan. Number three, big one. Forgiveness does not mean automatic trust. Let me give you an example. Let's say somebody comes to you, another Christian, wants to go in business with you. Says, I got this great deal. I've done the research. Looks terrific. So you're a Christian. They're a Christian. You go into business together. And uh, as you go into business together, uh, you're, you're equally yoked, so there's no problem there. But after you're in business a few months, you notice that you're losing your shirt. And you say, can I see those records again? And so you actually see the records, and your friend, falls, your Christian friend, falsified all the records. And you end up going bankrupt. I know this for a true story from an individual in their past before they even became a Christian. So you go bankrupt. Now, you have that hurt in your life. What are you going to do with it? Well, what did we teach you this morning? Let's see if you can remember. Forgiven people have to what? Have to forgive. So do I have to forgive that person? I have to forgive them. So I forgive them. I release it. I cancel the debt. He comes next Friday and says, I got a great business deal. (laughs) What do you say? 
No thanks. I'm not interested. Get out of my life. Why? Because you now don't what? You don't trust him. Well, I'm a Christian. I have to, I have to trust him. I have to just walk right back in and get broke again. This really plays out in the rut many times when pastors deal with adultery. This is the way I handle it. A couple sit before me and one of the individuals has committed adultery. This person admits they've committed adultery. You're the one that's the innocent spouse. What do you have to do to your spouse? Tell me. You have to forgive them. Is that right? It is right. Who says it's right? Calvary Chapel says it's right. No, no, no. God says, you're forgiven, you have to forgive. Do you now trust them the moment you forgave them? Absolutely not. Why wouldn't you trust them now? Because they've been lying to you forever. So what happens? That's the whole thing about rebuilding a marriage after there's been adultery. Why? One thing. Trust rebuilding takes time. So trust never comes immediate. In fact, very often, it takes four to five to six months before trust is back and it's okay. You see, one of the great things about being a Christian, if you lay down at night and you know that you've asked God to forgive you, you can lay next to your spouse if you're married. I don't have any doubt that my wife is favorable to me, has not cheated on me, and I haven't cheated on her. See, because we built trust for 40 years. That's a wonderful thing. But when trust is broken, it's hurtful. And so I must forgive, even though I don't want to. You're going to see later, forgiveness is not an emotion. It's an act of the will. I must. But then I don't trust. The other person can't be trusted yet. They will have to earn that trust. And so that's where the difficulty comes. So forgiveness doesn't mean I trust them immediately. No, that will never happen. Number four, forgiveness does not mean you allow someone to keep hurting you. Let's say you're in an abusive, hurtful relationship. We have those all over the place. If you're in a hurtful, abusive relationship, do you have to forgive the abuser? Yes, you do. But God doesn't want you to physically stay in that abusive circumstances. Forgiveness doesn't mean allowing this person just to continue to hurt you again and again and again. I see this. I've seen this all my life. I worked in hospital, as you know, in pharmacy for years. And I was a director and I used to go to the ER. And you see these ladies that would come in week after week after week, beat and beat and beat and beat, go right back into the situation because they had to be a forgiving person. That is not right. The Bible doesn't want you to be abused and physically beaten up and quite often killed or they kill the other spouse. You see, you must forgive. You must release the debt. Then get yourself to a safe place where you can get on with life. If you're in an abusive situation this morning, you call the church office, we'll help you. We'll help you get to a place of safety. Maybe your marriage can be restored. I'm not sure. Depends on the other person. But you must forgive. 
But you do not have to continue to be hurt and abused. That is never God's will. Pastor Mark, what if I don't forgive? What if I just can't do it? Well, go back to Matthew 18. Let's see. Verse 31. What happens when we refuse God's command to forgive? When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. Notice this. You wicked servant. He wasn't obedient. And it says this. The master says, I canceled all of your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers. We'll talk about this at the end of our teaching. To be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. If I don't forgive... God is going to judge me. Watch me. There's a cascade of disaster waiting for me if I refuse to forgive. And it's all put there by God to get me on the road to forgiving them. He wants me on that road. He won't leave me over there. And so all kinds of things will come into my life. What are these Tagamet and Nexium and Zantac for? What are they for? Tell me. Stomach problem. It's because there's too much acid in your stomach. They're called H2 blockers. I used to be able to write the formula, but I couldn't write it for you anymore. I've been out of pharmacy too long. But when you take it, it blocks the acid. It helps you to heal. Well, what do these have to do with unforgiveness? Everything. Here's the first thing you want to write. Unforgiveness affects us spiritually and physically and emotionally. In my Bible, I've written this because I have to realize it myself. The acid of unforgiveness will destroy our lives. The acid of unforgiveness will destroy your life. The Tagamet, the Zantac, the Nexium is forgiveness. If I'll forgive, the acid is shut off and healing comes to my life. Well, you see, physically, we will pay the penalty for unforgiveness. All kinds of sickness, imagined and real, come from unforgiveness. I worked, as I told you, in the medical field. How many people are there with imagined or real sicknesses, the cause, one thing, unforgiveness. But there's emotional effects of unforgiveness as well. Depression, anger, self-pity, denial of responsibilities. Very often, huge percentage of the time, when I deal with an individual who has to have, well, solution to their anger, you know what the anger comes from? Some situation that they refused to forgive. Once they cross the bridge and let that go, leave it in the past, once they cross the bridge, the anger is resolved. Third, 
doesn't only affect me physically and emotionally, but a lack of forgiveness will absolutely have an impact on your relationships with other people. You will be irritable. You'll blame others. You'll withdraw. You try to justify yourself. You become negative. You become critical. And you're no good to be around. And so people, pretty soon, it's like you have the plague. They don't want to be around you. And it all comes because you roll that thing over and over and over again in your life. And God is saying to you, please, release it. Cancel the debt. Let them go. Yes, they hurt you. I know that. I'll deal with them. You release them. And last, and probably most important, unforgiveness has a negative spiritual effect on me. I have a sense of alienation from God. I can't pray. I can't read the Bible. There's a loss of joy. David wrote this. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. You remember the King David, wonderful man of God. He refused to admit his sin for a year, one year. And finally did when God brought the prophet to him. But look what David wrote about that whole year in his life. Notice Psalm 32. When I refused to confess my sin, notice when I refused, it was a choice, always an act of our will. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned, there's depression, I groaned, how often? All day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Now, why was God disciplining? Because he loved David. He would just say, David, you could stop all this cascade right now with forgiveness. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. (sighs) Then the word in the original language is sila. It means interlude. It means stop and think. Stop and think. What is unforgiveness doing in your life today? What's unforgiveness doing? You see, God wants to provide a solution. He has, but I have to, but Pastor Mike, they hurt me. They talked against me. They're not right. I know all that. You can't solve that. Release it and move on. I read this a long time ago, and I think it's so classic. It says this. Let me read it to you. Failing to forgive is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Pastor Mark, they hurt me. This is poison. Oh, they hurt me. See, David for a whole year was dying. This morning, the cascade enlarges. What else happens? Well, God withholds forgiveness for us. Remember I told you, forgiveness with others is is tied together with forgiveness of me. Number three, God won't hear our prayers. Number four, why won't God hear a prayer? Because he's already talking to you. He doesn't want to hear you say, God, I got this decision to make about a job. God says, no, no, before we make the decision, I have a problem with you. You have to have your heart cleaned. You can't walk with me. I'm not going to give you clear direction. And so then we see number four. See, the minute long-term 
Unforgiveness is in my life. Not only does unforgiveness and anger go, but there's this root of bitterness. That's another whole teaching. I don't have time to get to. This root of bitterness goes deep into the ground. And there's bitterness and rage and anger and hateful feelings. And they begin to rule my life. That's who I become. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. Number five, the one that's in prison is not the person that hurt me. The job that hurt me, the church that hurt me, the situation that hurt me. The one that's in prison is me. I'm the one affected. Quite often, those people don't even know you still feel that way. Number six, I'm useless to God. I'm useless. And in our fellowships of churches, we have people that don't understand this simple parable. You understood it when you read it. It's not complicated. It's right there. Now, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Toward the end of the Bible, Vieira, right over to Ephesians chapter 4. Toward the end, General Electric Power Company. That's the epistles there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Ephesians chapter 4. And when you get there, notice, you're going to notice as we read this, how similar, how similar it is to Colossians chapter 3. We begin in verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. Notice it's not an option. This is a command. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. When I get rid of that, then what? Well, this is the hard part. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Here we go again. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. So when I was a sinner... God forgave me. Unconditional, didn't deserve it. I came over here. When I'm over here and I sin, I go to God, 1 John 1, 9, confess my sins. He promises every single time to forgive me. He remembers my sin no more. He doesn't hold it against me. I don't deserve it. That's what's called grace. Notice, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. The next, the next four words are the key. Be imitators of God. I'm supposed to be godlike. Now, after you read that, maybe you say this to me this morning. Pastor Mark, I know the effects of forgiveness, but I just can't forgive them. I want to run from this. I just can't forgive them. Is forgiving easy? It is not easy. It's incredibly what? Hard. Is it complicated? No. It is not complicated. It's not easy. It's hard. Is it doable? Anything that God asks me to do, I can do with his help. God would not say to me, Mark, you got to forgive in that situation. I can't forgive. Yes, you can. That's running from something you don't want to do. I can forgive. God, if God would ask me to do something I can't do, then I would have a really an unfair God. He doesn't ask that. No one likes heartburn. No one likes anything that blocks freedom of movement. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark that unforgiveness is like an acid that can destroy our lives physically, spiritually, and emotionally. When we fail to forgive, we live a life of bondage to our bitterness and become useless for God's work. Allow forgiveness in your life to open up the clogs that are keeping you from the joy and freedom the Lord wants you to experience. 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Can forgiveness be a way of life or just an action we take here and there? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach that we must all learn the practice of forgiveness. This means that it should become routine for us. As followers of Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, our hearts should be fashioned after His. Just as He forgave our enormous sin debt, so should we make it a habit to forgive others. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry